Hi everyone and welcome to a special episode of the FFS show, a podcast about misinformation and fact-checking by the ferret. I am your host Ali Bryan and with me uh, returning after his holiday is uh, Sam Gonzalez. Hello, it's good to be back. It wasn't so much of a holiday. Um, I was I was nominated for best podcast co-host for the Academy Awards. I don't yeah. know if you heard. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, Will Smith got it. So Will Smith got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, rightly so. so. I'm back humbled, humbled back to my position as co-host of the FFS show. Well, sorry about that. So as I said before, this is a very special podcast because we are currently in a week of stories. Uh, called From the Margins, which is a series that's been put together by the Ferret, primarily by our Ferret journalist, Karen Goodwin, alongside some other citizen journalists. Uh, tell us about what From the Margins is and why it's such a sort of unique thing for the Ferret to be doing. Yeah, so it's a really exciting project being being led by Karen Goodwin, who, who you may have read pieces uh, on our website before uh, or known her from, from different appearances in places. Um, but she is uh, an excellent journalist who's been looking at the issues of, of addiction, of homelessness, of mm. mental health, um, and how all of those things intersect you know it's very it's very common that you would see them uh reported on in different news outlets as individual issues that require individual solutions mm. um but but karen has been looking at, at the intersection between all of those things but the thing that's different about this series is that it's not just a ferret doing a new approach to to this topic it's uh an attempt to bring people with lived experience of homelessness of addiction of mental mm. health issues and uh getting them to uh, look into those issues and look into the the issues that are going on right now, the potential solutions, the people who are responsible for coming up with those solutions. Uh, it's basically a kind of citizen journalist project. Yeah, great. That's a very good summation of it. Uh, and uh, the sort of culmination of it um, was a documentary which appeared on BBC One on Monday night and it's available on the iPlayer. Yeah. And to go with that, we have a week's worth of stories and investigations, which have been uh, put together by Karen alongside the citizen journalist, Tam Michelle, which we talked about. We have uh, a special interview to go alongside it to talk about citizen journalism, potential impacts, how it can work and what are potential drawbacks of the concept, particularly with reference to disinformation and fact checking. So to do that, we have a special guest interview this week. Would you like to reveal to our listeners? We are going to speak to the excellent uh, Rachel Hamada, who is a health journalist and community organizer from the Bureau of Investigative Journalism. And she is also one of the Ferret founders. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a really interesting chat about the kind of intersections of uh, citizen journalism and how it should be integrated into like everyday newsrooms and kind of journalistic practices. Obviously, this ties in a lot with what you do uh, day to day and have done in recent years with uh, as a kind of community organizer, stroke journalist with the Bureau Local. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about the sort of stuff you've done and also why you think it's important? What we try to do is do as much kind of co-production as we can wherever possible. Um, and we try and right. kind of carry that out across our journalism. So the idea is that rather than 
one of our journalists sitting in a room on their own and just saying, oh, that's a brilliant story. That'll be really cool. That might win an award. Um, and going off on a tangent, researching that story. That instead, you know, we take a story idea and we take it out to communities affected and we kind of test that idea with them and we say, you know, is this really the thing that we should be looking at? Um, yeah. And people might quite often say, well, yeah, that's a bit of an issue, sure. But actually, there's this thing over here that you should really be looking at. This is like mass right, yeah. affecting all of us day to day. Um, so you need to be really willing to pivot. I mean, at the moment, we're probably still producing quite a lot of our own story ideas and then, yeah, kind of going out and testing them. Ideally, what you want to do is almost be finding those story ideas from the grassroots entirely in the first place. Um, yeah. But that takes quite a lot of organisation and kind of structure to do well. So that's the first stage. And then there's kind of developing the story. So we at the Bureau Local, we work with a kind of collaboratively, we work with a network of over a thousand members together on stories. So we'll have a big national story that's kind of systemic, um, but we'll often have data or whatever that we can, that local reporters can report at a local level. And they can find yeah. out kind of where, where the local impacts are. So we'll kind of form a community around a story, work together um, to develop that story. And then also when we're putting a story out, we make sure that that doesn't just go. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll work with a big national broadcaster and a broadsheet or tabloid newspaper to put a story out for reach. But we will also um, make sure that the story is in as many community outlets as possible and reaches as many audiences as possible. So, for example, we carried out one investigation into Deliveroo um, quite recently. Right, yeah. That investigation, um, that came out of a project called Is Work Working? Um, looking at lots of issues around kind of insecure employment that face a lot of people in the UK today. The idea with with that was to have a paid working group where lots of people got, in, got involved and helped to source stories from the very beginning. And so people brought us a range of stories that we could potentially have taken forward. So the standout in the end became the story around Deliveroo. Um, and we had several Deliveroo riders kind of involved in the kind of planning and production of the story. Um, part of the problem was that no one could work out how much Deliveroo riders were being paid. Um, and the algorithm that Deliveroo used was quite opaque. So we right. ended up having to get um, as many riders as possible to record and share their invoices so that we could kind of crunch the data and work out what riders were typically getting paid. That ended up being, you know, a complex, but a really powerful um, bit of work. And a lot of that was because we were working with riders themselves and because when they put out a call for riders to share invoices with us, people trusted that that data wouldn't be misused. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess one of the big words in this whole conversation that's going to come up again and again, it would have come up when... Karen was producing her bit of work. It certainly came up with Del Deliveroo is trust. You know, people won't give you yeah. anything deep and meaningful if they don't trust you. And lots of people don't trust journalists. Yeah, totally. I think one thing that's really uh, kind of important to note, and you kind of alluded to it before, is the all this stuff and building these, these stories and also building these kind of communities that kind of feed into these stories is a very gradual like sensitive subtle process that takes not only like well takes incredible amount of time and incredible amount of like um energy but also it's not cheap yeah. <laughs> and it's not do you know what i mean it's not a no. it's not um it doesn't fit in with the sort of prevailing narrative of how media is going mm -hmm. and how media funding is going no. um so 
I suppose the the counter argument from like uh, uh, somebody who's working in a paper who's maybe like mm-hmm. got slashed funding is okay. Yeah, well, how you know is is it worth our while to kind of create citizen journalists and kind of create these communities mm-hmm. when we don't have the money to do it? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's not easy work, as you as you alluded to. It's extremely labour intensive. Um, it can be tricky ground because you're you can be dealing with people um, that have had quite tough experiences um, and need to be kind of worked with with respect. Like you don't want to make missteps mm. um, yeah. in that work. So, I mean, I think there's a risk that doing that work badly is worse than not doing it. Um, right. Yeah. Which. You know, I'm sad to say, but I think a lot of papers aren't necessarily equipped uh, under their kind of current management edicts to do that kind of work. Um, yeah, some people are just really committed to doing good work and, and fair play to them. That's amazing. But not everyone obviously is in a position to be able to do that. There are ways of building infrastructure potentially um, mm-hmm. to make that more possible. Um, and I know that the Bureau Bureau local team has been looking at that. We've got a new initiative called the People's Newsroom Initiative that's looking up looking at setting up much more infrastructure for kind of community-led startups and so on. And it might be that, you know, some of those outlets produce content and that newspapers can just use that content. I think that's potentially a, a better model. It's not to say that some editors aren't interested, though. Um, and we ran a no. quite a big program into kind of reimagining local news journalism um, to make it more representative, and that was called Change the Story. It was a it was a really great, exciting program, and it allowed us to produce all sorts of open resources um, and a new manifesto for how how news should be carried out. So, so there's definitely, I mean, there are editors that want to be able to do this stuff, um, and yeah. they're often fighting against the tide to do it. But I think if you've got management at an editor level who are committed to that, potentially you could still do something good. The one thing we were going to mention, and also I think it's been a thing that's been really uh, Karen's been really agonizing over during the work on from the margins of the documentary is if you're using journalism and you're working with people in communities to tell their stories a criticism that could be leveled at doing stories on addiction and on homelessness Mm -hmm. and on trauma and on Mm -hmm. care system is that it can be slightly exploitative Mm -hmm. and you know there's sort of the idea of like poverty porn and that kind of like the idea that kind of almost parachuting in and then parachuting out so how do you think that can be avoided and how can you deal with these things in a sensitive way that also means that it's mutually beneficial rather than just one way so there's lots of things that you should really build in structurally to this kind of work to make sure that that doesn't happen and it's you know potentially quite useful to have a template or something that you work to if you're doing this kind of work regularly um but i mean one of the first things i would say is to all sit down together um as equals and agree your shared aims and agree your expectations so that everybody's Mm -hmm. clear what they're getting out of it and if it's something that they're happy with, um, you don't want people to sign up for something and then be disappointed because, um, you know, they're not being paid when they should be paid or, yeah. you know, their work has less weight than yours um, or they think that something's going to be published in a certain way and it isn't. Um, you have to be absolutely clear about those expectations and what people are getting out of it. I think that's the absolute number one thing. So that people are kind of coming into the um, collaboration with their eyes open um, and can negotiate, you know, can negotiate if they want to do things differently from how, how you're originally envisaging it. Yeah, I also think that's a really good thing because typically when we're talking about issues like this, so often in um, 
you know, in some more exploitative types of media, mm. people will speak to a journalist and then they'll find out on the page that they're being pilloried or, you know, or it's, you know, their, their experience is being played for laughs or, you know, there's loads of different ways in which they can be really exploited in, mm. because people, they think they're going to get a different experience than actually the reality. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that can definitely be the case. So yeah, you just need to be really, really upfront. It's often not a glamorous or easy business producing mm-hmm. journalism, certainly on kind of social issues. Um, and especially if you're kind of, I mean, Karen's obviously produced from the margins um, as a TV project, as well as a print project. And that's even more complicated because you're working with more partners um tv can be difficult because you know filming takes time and you need certain shots and there's different things to navigate um so yeah i think you just you just have to lay out everything very clearly from the beginning including how you're going to work together and what your working practice is going to be and make sure you continue to check in with each other and listen to each other and that people can raise concerns at any point yeah i think so yeah i think that's kind of the crucial point is that you're constantly checking in it's a con i think with from the margins Mm -hmm. it's from the start until the end these people are this they're in on the same project and they're involved in the same project so it's it's not it's not like when you see the documentary or you read the piece you're like oh well that's not how i thought things were gonna go that's that 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 quote's been taken out of context or this whole thing has been framed in a way that i don't i didn't appreciate yeah you have to be very conscious of, of framing and consent um, I think another thing that can be useful, it's not always going to be the best option, but um, having the option of people being able to get training and skills out of a project as well. So if people can get, for example, kind of data investigation skills or learn about FOIs or online research or there's things, you know, that you can share, skill share basically, so that they can take that on into their lives and potentially be looking into stuff themselves as well. Um people might want to go into journalism as a career kind of make make those first steps available there's citizen journalism which is which is the you're describing that we we're talking about mm-hmm. which is very very um slow build and it's involved um speaking to communities and it involves um like building up skills and building up kind of trust mm-hmm. and then creating hopefully true uh and responsible pieces and work off the back of it citizen journalists can be used like a shadow term to sort of mm. be placed on something i mean for example tommy robinson called himself a citizen journalist yeah um uh, you've got people who who are writing blogs in scotland at the moment those are misinformation that are calling themselves citizen journalists are there concerns about that like that sort of citizen journalism and how that's sort of almost blurring the lines between what you can do if anybody can be a journalist which is in some ways is brilliant mm. does that also mean there's problem run into problems with people who are not being responsible in that way i mean this is something we've had to think about a bit because I've been doing a bit of work in the space of kind of funding for journalism in Scotland as well. Um, I mean, working with the Scottish government, um, public interest journalism working group, as has Rob from the Ferret, um, to think about how we kind of secure a good future for investigative journalism and public interest journalism in Scotland. Part of that is thinking about how we can kind of fund outlets to do good journalism. And the, the three words we use, I think, were um plurality so making sure there's plural plurality of the media diversity and sustainability um yeah but part of that you know and we're not as far on yet um if if some of our recommendations are taken up 
um, and there is the possibility to kind of fund outlets in Scotland in the future, that is going to be a huge question. How do you have a set of criteria that determine um, who are kind of good faith actors and who are yeah. not? Um, you can't ban people from using the word citizen journalist. No, you can't. People, anyone can use it who wants to. Um, but yeah, there's always the risk that you know you could have a kind of a Breitbart or a conspiracy site or something like that 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 kind of applies for funding. And and how do you kind of make sure that um, the money is being given to people that are kind of acting in the public interest? Um, I mean, that's still something we've partly got to work out. But there there are other people that have developed criteria that. I think help to kind of determine that that is the case and that information is genuinely in the public good that has been published. Um, there is also a lot of importance, I think, around collaboration between people that have been trained as professional journalists and so-called citizen journalists. As you say, the lines yeah. can be a bit blurry, um, but I think people that have been trained in media law, in fact-checking, in misinformation and so on, yeah. being involved in projects... Um, helps to add as kind of act as a safeguard um, again in building up public infrastructure to support smaller startups it might be that there's also some sense in having some expertise around kind of fact checking misinfo and so on just to make sure that people aren't kind of inadvertently caught I mean some of these some of these things are a lot more sophisticated than they used to be and you find that people who are you know even quite skeptical are sometimes getting taken in by things that are incorrect um, yeah so yeah, fact, fact checking is incredibly important, and actually, both the bureau where I work at now and and the ferret are two of the best places I've ever worked in terms of kind of absolutely robust fact checking um, on every story. Um, and I think kind of trying to maintain pretty high standards across the board like that are important. So yeah, it, it's a tricky one. You can't stop calling people calling themselves citizen journalists, but I suppose you can think about who gets funded, who you amplify. So there you go. That was our chat with uh, Rachel Hamada. I thought that was uh, really excellent. And I think this sort of concept and the expansion of citizen journalism is going to be really kind of important as we, it's like, you know, the media sort of changes, it's already changing, but yeah. it's not going to be possible for it just to be people reporting on issues. Do you know what I mean? It's going to have to be bringing yeah. people with lived experience into actually, actually know how to report on these things and know how, you know, yeah. know what it's like to experience them. And, and I think, you know, much like, like Rachel's perspective and all of this, there are all sorts of very exciting ways that that can happen in practice, you know, totally. it doesn't just have to be talk. So actually, if you're a journalist listening to this podcast, who enjoyed the fair in the, the FFS show, um, tell us about your experience with, with this kind of work and, and yeah, whether you're thinking about kind of approaching it, uh, in this way or like what your fears or struggles are and yeah, it'd be really yeah. interesting to hear from you. Totally. Cool. So that's all we've got time for for this special episode. Remember to uh, follow us on social media. The uh, social media link for all of our platforms is? It is social.theferret.scot. And you can find all our social media, our newsletter, our emails, mm. everything in that link. Cool. And remember that the rest of this week, we will have more of our uh, From the Margin series, more stories from our citizen journalists with lived experience and also more multimedia content loads yeah. of different things are happening over the next uh, few days 
keep following us this week. And as always, if you have any uh, suggestions, queries, or fact checks for us on the podcast, contact us at factcheckattheferret.scot. Or if you want to suggest a fact check, you can go to... You can go to checkmyfact.paperform.co. Excellent. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.